What's the difference from an e-com standpoint in the five-figure mentality, six-figure mentality, and seven-figure mentality? Uh, how much risk you're comfortable with when it comes to ad spend. We stand today. The Business Method the business with method. a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their online and location-independent business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses, and we are getting behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build businesses like this. On top of that, we also gather entrepreneurs at events and retreats around the world. This October, we are having our annual event in Thailand, Get Shit Done Live. It's 10 days of high-performance productivity, targeted collaboration, and rapid execution designed for entrepreneurs to get a lot of work done in a little amount of time. Some say it's like 10 months of work in 10 days. There's a magic that happens when brilliant minds come together to push one another towards productive execution. That is exactly what this retreat is about. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That is thebusinessmethod.com now. Let's jump in today's show. The Business Method. Welcome back to the show, listeners. And today is the second half of an incredible interview with a serial e-com entrepreneur and founder of Dropship Lifestyle, Anton Crayley. If you haven't listened to part one, be sure to check out that episode first. And if you're returning, let's hop back into the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Now, I think you mentioned in your bio that you... you kind of nailed the results, not nailed, but you achieved the results that you were working for by managing like the 20 to 30 hour per week, uh, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And when you first started off, were you really working 20 to 30 hours per week or was there a time period until you could get to 20, 30 hours a week? Definitely a time period leading up. So even now, you know, when if I'm getting into a new industry and I'm building a new website, I'll put in a lot more time than that. I've never been, you know, I definitely have the work ethic that that it takes, and I, I enjoy the work for the most part. But uh, up front, you know, I'll put in as much time as I have to. That's more of like sustainability. So grow the business, maybe spend a couple months heads down doing the work. Get in my in my case with e-commerce, get all my suppliers on board. Make sure the website has everything uploaded correctly. Make sure all of our ads are set up. Make sure tracking's working. Make sure you know our support systems are in place. And then once that's done, it's very easy to spend only even a lot less, but even with a high volume store and a few of them, 20 to 30 hours a week while everything sustains and even grows itself organically. You also mentioned in your bio that you're really good at cutting through the BS and finding real money makers. And I think that's Mm -hmm. difficult for a lot of people. And so I'm curious if you could give us some tips on uh, what you look for when looking uh, to find or to be mentored by or to follow the real money makers and to connect with them. Sure. As far as products or products to sell? Uh, no, for, for, well, yeah, actually that's great too. Um, yeah. but I was referring to like people. So, um, yeah. how to cut through the BS and find the real money makers that you would want to connect with first. And we can talk yeah. about products later. 
Yeah, sure. With people, it's really just just networking. Like I, like I mentioned, that was the biggest reason I stayed out in Asia, just because I could tell right away the conversations I was having with people that they, I don't want to say they, they knew what I knew, but they were, I could tell that they were doing the same things I was doing. They were familiar with the same ad, ad platforms. They were familiar with the same terms. They had their own opinion on maybe how to use Google product listing ads versus mine. So there was people that would kind of, I guess, challenge my opinion, which is a good thing because then we could both kind of learn um, things like that. And just looking for people again, that you feel like you can go deeper with in a conversation about what it is you do. Because when I was in New York, before I moved to North Carolina, and when I was in North Carolina, I was trying to, to basically do the same thing to network. But I was finding these events by going on meetup.com and mm -hmm. going to SEO meetups and things like that. And it was clear to me back then that a lot of what people were talking about at those meetups was a lot more, I don't want to say lower level, but I guess, yeah, like more introductory, like very, very surface level things where once you learn it yourself, you're just not going to get value out of. So what I definitely look for is again, pe people I could have conversations with where not only can you can go deep into something, but they can say something that maybe challenges what I previously had thought about. Good point. Now, what about when looking for good products for e-com? What are some of the key indicators that you look for? Mm -hmm. So the first one would definitely be the price. We really only do focus on high ticket because, again, uh, one of the big lessons that, yeah, going back to the four hour work week again, I got is just always trying to optimize your your time and you know, basically how much money you can make per hour, even if everything's automated, you're not there. But to do that, we, we realized early on that just focus on the expensive stuff. So we're typically looking to have average order values of $1,000 or more. And after we find that, then we start doing research online to see how many brands and how many products there are within the industry that we want to sell in. So I want to find at least 20 different brands. So an example I usually give is uh, stand up paddle boards. So if I wanted to sell stand up paddle boards and maybe I thought, oh, let me research this. I would go on Google. I would type in stand up paddle boards. I would click the tab that says shopping. And then in the left column, it shows different different brands. And I would just, just kind of gauge it there. Like, are there two of them? Are there three of them? Are there 40 of them? And I would want, again, at least 20. That way I know that if I want to build a paddleboard store, I could actually have a big product catalog. I don't have to have my whole business reliant on one or two companies whose products I'm trying to sell, but instead I could build like the ultimate paddleboard store that has everything anyone could ever want. So that's something big I look for. And then also brand loyalty is a big one. So we want to find different industries where people don't need a specific brand. You don't want it where everybody that's buying the, the product type is going to buy one or two of them. And an example of that would be, let's say tablets, right? If someone says, oh, I just bought an iPad. I want to sell tablets online too. Well, you're not going to do well with it because when people want a tablet, they're most likely going to buy an iPad or a Surface or a Kindle Fire. And there's just not enough, there's not enough room there. Like people really do care about what, what brand they have and it's dominated by a few of them. Whereas something like paddle boards or something like chandeliers, you could find hundreds of different styles and variations and people don't want one that has someone's name on it. They want one that matches the size they want, the color they want, uh, 
you know, all the specifications. So that makes it a lot easier to be able to compete online. And then one other thing that we definitely look for is what type of market is going to be buying the types of products we sell. So we want to sell products that appeal to what I just refer to as the upper middle class. And I define that as a household income of $100,000 or more uh, US. And the reason we want to sell to that type of person or that segment of the market is because they're very comfortable with buying products online already. And it's usually very easy to have them buy online without a lot of friction, without phone calls, without live chats, without, you know, a whole bunch of questions back and forth that you're going to find a lot more when you're selling to lower income households and wealthy households. Yeah, that's so those great. are a few a few things we always look for. That's a great point. One other thing we, we do look yeah. for also, like once we find that all of uh, the suppliers that we could possibly sell for is w- w- when we're looking at competition, the, the main thing we look at is on that Google shopping tab because uh, people pay to be there and we pay to be there. We just look to see how many stores are selling for each brand, which you know, that's, they just show it to you right on that Google shopping tab. But we're trying to sell for brands that typically have no more than 10 different companies trying to sell their products because there are some you'll see, you know, brand XYZ, you could buy it from over 50 different stores online. And once you get to that level of saturation, you just have to bid so much to be number one. And then the buyer gets to choose between 50 stores and it's just that doesn't work. So that's how we gauge competition as well. At the what, brand level. Are there any winning products that you think people should go after that you you don't you yourself don't plan on going after or yeah, have there, any there's really go ahead. There's really so many. I mean, it's just I, I wouldn't want to give like one or two examples. Like the ones I just gave, like you could sell surfboards, you could sell stand up paddle boards, you could sell chandeliers, stand up desks, you could sell park benches, you could sell you know, I, I don't know, I'm looking outside my window right now. What's around? You could sell scaffolding. You could sell like miniature statues for people to put in their backyard. There's just there's there's tons of different options. You could sell fountains. Um, so th- there's not like one or two things that stand out. And t- to elaborate on that, like people often when they're getting into e-commerce and drop shipping, they'll post like on our Facebook group or they'll email me and they'll want to know you know what's trending. Like if they should get into something that's you know. Just, really popular now. And we don't look at that at all. Like that's not any, anything that's part of our criteria. And the reason is because when we put the time into building these stores and we do put a lot of time into research, we put a lot of time into uh, conversion optimization. We put a lot of time into optimizing traffic. We don't want to do it just with something that is hot for, you know, this holiday season, because then all that work is basically worthless a few months later. So we want things that people are buying now that people are going to buy in five years that people are going to buy in 10 years that uh, are really evergreen. That, that's that's how I would define it. We look for evergreen products. That makes sense. For you, uh, I'd like to ask you, what's the difference from an e-com standpoint in the five-figure mentality, six-figure mentality, and seven-figure mentality? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much risk you're comfortable with when it comes to ad spend. Uh, it, and I, I get it. Like the numbers that you know we spend on on ads that we spend on Facebook that we spend on Google. If someone would have told me when I was 21 years old, even when I was 22, first getting into this, that you know how much my American Express card was going to get charged every day, <laughs> I, I would say no way. That's crazy. But. And so some people limit themselves and they'll they'll start and maybe they're comfortable with an ad budget of 
500 a month and then maybe they get comfortable with a thousand a month and then maybe they're like okay you know what i'm making enough money now for to be comfortable in my life and maybe i'll spend 1500 bucks this month but if it doesn't work like that's it i'm going back to a thousand and if you're going to stay like that the business will never get to you know a drastically new level you're never going to 10x it so i wouldn't tell someone that's spending a thousand dollars a month now to spend ten thousand dollars next month on ads but if you really are at a business that it's working, you're happy with it, you like it, and it's doing, let's just say, five figures a month, you're going to need for for most – the easiest way, I would say, the easiest way to get it to that next level is to drastically improve your where your marketing dollars are spent and then to spend more of those marketing dollars. So every huge jump that we've had has been making sure all of our sales funnels are optimized and then just really throwing more money to Facebook and to Google and tracking like crazy every step of the way. But that's the biggest way to grow um what are some mistakes that you see people that have just hit like the seven figure level in ecom uh make so like say they hit that that level are there some common mistakes that they usually make once they once they're at like seven figures and over yeah a lot of them have to do with cash flow and it, you know especially when you do have your own products if you're pre-purchasing inventory which we you know we we, we do that but with just drop shipping um so that's if you're importing. It's it is hard to manage cash flow, especially as you scale fast. But when it comes to just general like drop shipping things, it's really not again like being comfortable with increasing your expenses. So at that level, you know, if you have a seven figure store, there's no reason why you shouldn't have a business manager and why you shouldn't have someone dedicated to running your ads and only running your ads and why you shouldn't have two virtual assistants that are in support every day. But since, and I get it, you know, a lot of this is like the, the whole like hustle and lifestyle business people they they get afraid to hire and they try to run everything as a one person operation, which you can, but once you're doing that much volume, not just in money, but in terms of customers, it's very hard to keep everyone happy by yourself. So you'll want to, at that level, kind of take a, a pay cut and give yourself less so that you can spend that money on a team around you. And that way, not only can you continue to grow because you'll need that to grow, but you can also make sure that you don't basically self-implode by trying to do too much on your own. For those guys that are building a team at that level, what are, what would you, how, would, how would you recommend them finding good people to bring on their team? So we've this this has been a hard lesson to learn, but I, I've brought on a bunch of people since we've uh, since we've been in Austin and um, you know brought in people in Asia. But the best people that I've found, and this, this is so different to again what I thought I knew, but the, the people the best people have not been the ones that I've hired as people that are you know specialists, like people that I brought on that have. 10 years experience in a certain role, the ones that have been the best are the ones that I've brought in as marketing assistants that are passionate about e-commerce, that want to learn, that want to be part of the company. And they come on and what's great about it is they have smaller salaries at first because they don't know anything besides that they want to learn. And then they get to grow with the company and they, they perform, you know, and this is again, based on a few years of hiring a lot of people now, uh, they perform better. They learn a lot more. They're a lot more willing to learn because they 
kind of need to. And uh, they've just I, I, they've grown with the company so much better than bringing in experts. So don't feel like you have to go out there and hire the best of the best and poach someone from someone else's company for your first hires. You know, you can go out there and just find someone that's passionate about what you're doing. They might already be a customer of yours. They can come in on a basically entry level salary because they'll be entry level and then just put together a clear growth path with them where they know what they're responsible for, what they should be learning, what your growth targets are. And when those growth targets get hit, let them know what kind of bonuses they could make and what their next level of salary is. And that's been by far our, our best strategy for hiring. What do you think the future of drop shipping looks like? Um, I, it depends. So, uh, right now, a lot of people, when they're thinking of drop shipping, they are thinking of drop shipping from China because that's what will pop up all over your search results when you search drop shipping. Uh, that model as it stands right now, I don't think is going to be that sustainable. And that's simply because it's getting so much bad press because a lot of these stores are being run by like 15 year olds that don't know how to run businesses and mm -hmm. get in a lot of chargebacks and just not having happy customers. So uh, the consumers are catching on, I guess you could say to what's happening. Um, so not that no one will be successful with that, but as the, the where it's popularity is now, I don't think it, it's already starting to, uh, to decrease, but I think that's going to slowly disappear and that'll just be dominated by, uh, people that are serious business owners. As far as drop shipping as a whole, you know, all it really is, is a way to have orders fulfilled. So even if, you know, one of my buddies down the block, right, if, if one of my friends that lives down the street from me was selling his TV and I listed it for sale on Craigslist and then someone sent me pay money to be via PayPal and then he went to their house and gave them a TV, like that would be a dropship TV. So like the model of selling other people's products and have th having them fulfill the order, I don't think that's going anywhere. But things that will change are, you know, how we sell, how we acquire customers, where we acquire customers from, how we remarket to them, what our sales funnels look like. Like those things are always changing. But the fundamental business that is dropshipping is just selling a product and have having someone else fulfill it. So that's not going anywhere. What about the world of e-com? What's the future look like specifically for that? So I went to Shopify's uh, developer conference this year, which was uh, the first time I've ever been to it. And um, it was it was really interesting. So I think things are going to be all, based on what they presented and what they're releasing in in Shopify this year. I think things are going to be a lot more global. Uh, a lot of the big platform platform updates that they're pushing have to do with uh, not just currency conversions, but your store. So, you know, my stores are based in the States and the way it's going to work coming this fall is if someone from Germany goes to my website, all the prices not only will be changed, but they'll be rounded to not look like these ugly, weird decimals. And then when that person goes to their cart, it's not going to show, you know, just Visa, American Express, MasterCard. It's going to show whatever most people in Germany use for their credit card uh, or payment method. And if someone from China goes to the website, it's going to show the prices in yen and then it's going to show whatever they use to pay, like we pay. So th they're making it basically at Shopify so that people from all over the world not only can use their platform, but so that selling internationally is going to be uh, a lot, a lot easier. So um, I think that's a huge shift that's coming. Obviously, you still have things like shipping restrictions and longer lead times, but they're definitely working on making it a lot more global. Curious about the the future for you. What are, what are you guys focused on for the next 10 years? 
Yeah, for the next 10 years, we're focused a lot on just building brands that aren't going anywhere. Um, I do think that, you know, as e-commerce continues to grow, because that that's one thing I have to remind myself, uh, it's still like there's, there's still so much growth potential with the amount of people that buy online, the frequency they buy online. So we're just trying to really stay in the, the upward trend that is e-commerce and not build as much to sell anymore. It used to be build stores, build them up for a few years, sell them. Now it's kind of hold what we have and make sure they're solidified as assets that'll be here in 10 years. So just kind of improve what we're already doing. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people that that have made really good money on Shopify start to move to that personal brand image so they can keep it more, uh, keep it going. And, mm-hmm. um, any, any tips that you would give them and Tom, the, the people that want to have, have had quite a bit of success on with e-com or on Shopify and they want to move to create their own brand. Yeah. As far as an e-commerce brand or like a personal info brand, it could be either. I mean, because yeah. people are doing both, right? Yep. So, so yeah, I would, tips? I would just say, Make sure you you really do want to do it because it is uh, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. So unless you actually are passionate about it, um, it's just it's not going to work. You know, it's one of those things like I, I, I usually tell people with these drop shipping stores you build, you don't have to be passionate about what you're selling at all because a lot of it is, you know, just manual work and analytics and um, kind of like just gamifying how you bid on things. But with the whole personal branding thing, like if, if you don't want to do it, then no one's doing it for you. You know, it's you. So make sure you're you're going to commit to it. And I think that's an amazing podcast. <laughs> let's let's wrap it up there, man. If the listeners listeners want to reach out and learn more about what you have going on, where's the best place they can do that at? Yeah, sure. Uh, dropshiplifestyle.com is where to go for all the dropshipping info. And then I have a, a podcast, which is basically me just ranting about different things that pop up in the day-to-day business. And that's at ecommercelifestyle.com. Cool. We'll put the links in the show notes. If um, I, I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you, Anton. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully we can uh, meet up in person one day. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our annual Get Shit Done live retreat in Thailand. Both are designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to get a lot of work done rapidly. And whether you need some personal coaching while working away at home or a retreat in Thailand where you can get out of your normal routine and surround yourself with other successful entrepreneurs, we have those options for you. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you on the next podcast.